so um, another one day, the 1st of February, and I'm very privileged and happy that, uh, well, after some um, problems and issues, part of it was the technical, and another one was the COVID. It gave a lot of disappointment in making the video blog for the Oblates and Oblate family. Uh, it stopped me and us here in Dublin from doing many things, but uh, happily enough, with God's blessing, we are there, that we are again on the track yes. and we can do the things. So uh, today I'm very privileged to welcome Father, Father Paul Horrocks, Oblate of Mary Immaculate. And um, as we will uh, very shortly discover uh, why uh, February is the best time to invite Father Paul to have a little chat, um, first of all, I'd like to welcome you, Father, also because uh, you are the new member of our province. Well, it's over a year now, but uh, you arrived to our province uh, recently, last year, in very, you know, uninteresting uh, circumstances, which was the COVID already. So maybe uh, just just to say hello, welcome uh, in, uh, here uh, in the name of all those who are uh, watching, listening and subscribing to our channel. And um, can you tell us something of your background? Uh, where are you coming from and uh, how it happened that you, that you are here in, in, in Dublin uh, because you are not from Europe even? No, hello, Father Dominic. Thank you. Yes, I'm very happy just to say a few words about that. In fact, I never in my wildest dreams thought that I would ever be working in, in Dublin. In fact, I didn't even think that as a priest and even as an OMI, I never thought that I would work outside my home diocese because of the situation in which I joined the congregation. Um, you know, where there was a, gr a great need uh, for priests and for oblates, it was a, a diocese that still had a considerable amount of missionary activity uh, and, and, a, and a number of parishes to staff. There were very few diocesan priests and so I thought that I would spend my life in my home diocese, which is the Archdiocese of Durban in, wow. in South Africa. That's quite far from here. It's far, it's far, yes, yes. No, but, but then how it really came uh, that I'm working here in, in Dublin. Yeah, that's interesting. Yes, was that I had the privilege of spending a wonderful two years here in Dublin um, doing a course in spirituality. And while I did that course, of course, I, I stayed uh, in our house uh, in, in Chicor. And um, from there, uh, uh, I was very well received and welcomed and I enjoyed myself there. I was happy to be there. And then um, one of our conferences once suggested to me, you know, why don't you come and, and join this province? And then I thought, well, there are more vocations in Africa now. Um, and I understand something of the culture here, and I could fit in, and, mm -hmm. and I, was, I was quite willing uh, to come here. But of course, b besides that, in the meantime, I had been working in Lourdes. And uh, the province here was, was closer, I was closer to the province here, I should say, than, than I was to my, to my home province. And so that is um, really how it worked that I became a member of the Anglo-Irish province. Oh, that's, and when exactly it happened? 
how many years ago? No, well, that happened was in 2012 that I, I was uh, formally transferred uh, by the Generalate in Rome from the South African province, right. or the province of Natal as it was then, uh, to the Anglo-Irish province. But you worked in France for quite longer than just uh, 2012, right? Oh, yes. I arrived in France at the end of 2003. Wow. And I worked in Lourdes from 2003, um, from the end of 2003 mm -hmm. until uh, the, the end of 2018. Oh, that's, that's, that's really inspiring. You spent a lot of time there. Just uh, to uh, remind each one of us, uh, the 17th of each month for the social oblate is the day when we discuss and we talked about vocations because it's yes. very important. Although the first of uh, the first day of each month is the day when we want to discuss and to talk a little bit more about oblate lifestyle, oblate spirituality, oblate uh, any kind of works uh, here in the country and uh, overseas. And um, some of you can have the wrong impression that today, because we have Father Paul, we are going to talk about his vocation. But more, what is more important today is that we are going to talk more about a very crucial uh, and distinguished uh, part of oblate lifestyle, spirituality, uh, kind of flavor and mission, if you like, uh, and also the personality itself, or maybe I should say herself, which is Our Lady Mary. Uh, as you heard, as Father Paul said, uh, he used to work in Lourdes for over 14 years. Uh, therefore, it's uh, like uh, almost natural that today, on the 1st of February, we are talking, we are going to talk a little bit more about Our Lady Mary, Mary Immaculate, because uh, uh, it happens that tomorrow we begin something very, very important. And I'd like to ask you, Paul, if you could say something uh, about what begins tomorrow. Oh, yes. Tomorrow we begin the Novena in preparation for the Feast of Our Lady of Lourdes. The feast is on the 11th of February, and it was on the 11th of February, 1858, that one of the most wonderful things in the history of the Church happened, that our Blessed Mother appeared to Bernadette Subiru quite unexpectedly, and of course that was the beginning, the first of 18 apparitions, but with a, a wonderful message for Bernadette and for the whole Church. All right. So uh, in general, uh, that's the that's the uh, that's the main deal. But um, Our Lady uh, gave an apparition to one particular person. Who was that? Mm. Yes, it was Bernadette Subiru, a fourteen-year-old girl who was practically destitute. She had poor health. Mm. She had never been to school either uh, because of the poverty of her family. Uh, although she had worked as a shepherdess um, shortly before the apparition, she, she had worked for some time as a shepherdess in a, in a, in a neighboring um, village. Oh, quite bad choice from the world's point of view. Uh, 
in choosing the the you know the future missionary who 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 was uh, supposed to bring some uh, great news to the whole world, right? Oh uh, yes, isn't it? It's God's ways are different. I think that's all that we can say. Yeah. And it's it is extraordinary how a 14-year-old girl who was illiterate faithfully transmitted a message from our Blessed Mother uh, to the church and began something that has brought healing and peace and a renewal of faith to millions of people. What was that message then? What Bernadette supposed to uh, give to the world? What kind of message Mary uh, asked her to deliver? Yes, you know there are, there are two aspects to the message as I see it. The first aspect, of course, which which most people will know, and I mm -hmm. suppose which is the most important, yeah. is the act of what our Blessed Mother said to her and asked her to do. That is the first part of the message, but the, the other part of the message too is Bernadette's life and Bernadette's circumstances and how she lived um, uh, the message. Because that is saying something too about God's choice and about the way in which God works in the world today and, and, and works works in the, in the church. And, you know, people may... Um, discuss and not agree altogether on, on what the, the main message of Our Lady was in Lourdes. But as I understand it, and, and from my experience there, it centers around uh, two requests. Tell the priests to build a church here and to bring people here in procession. And around these two requests, uh, we have a whole um, new world, new window opening up in, in the church. Um, when our Blessed Mother said build the church here, she didn't only mean um, a building mm -hmm. <laughs> of bricks and mortar. Yeah. I mean, that, that, I mean that's part of it, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Because the, the the actual gathering and the, the people need a place to gather, yeah. and 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 some beautiful churches have have been built right right there. But <laughs> as beautiful and as wonderful as those buildings are, that is not certainly what has touched my heart. What touched my heart is what I learned from uh, what the church should be and what the church is in Lourdes. And uh, there are various, the very first thing that I would say about that is to, to see how the poor and the sick, those suffering any kind of poverty, I mean it's not, not necessarily material poverty, but how the poor are given preference in Lourdes. And that is historical and it's happening to this day. Mm -hmm. And um, they, they, they are first in the processions. Uh, whatever needs they have are provided for as, as much as, as, as it is possible. And so there we see the values of the world being turned upside down. 
And, and it's not only that we see that with our eyes, but we also, when we do that, we, we almost suddenly come to understand, well, you know, that this is actually the way the world should be. This is what makes people happy. This is what brings peace and satisfaction when we care for others that are more, uh, uh, less fortunate than ourselves. And need our help. And, and yes, oh, and uh, that, that's a very important point. And that's, that's the part uh, of our Oblate um, work uh, as the Oblate family, you know, wider saying uh, and seeing this picture. Because uh, when we have every year um, the pilgrimage to Lourdes and September, in the middle of September, every year for many decades, over 100 years now, uh, from our province and from Dublin and from London and different parts and units of our province, there is a huge number of young people, not only young people, a, a lot of nurses and other people who are coming to Lord simply to help, to help others, to help those who are in, in, in need. And that's, I think, you are going to, to say about, to talk about uh, a little bit more, aren't you? Yes, that is exactly the point that I was going to make. Do you know, people come with organized pilgrimages, nurses, mm. doctors, um, medical people, but, but not only that, there are other people too who, who come to do the normal domestic work and to do, uh, you know, to, to clean floors, to help in the kitchen, to do uh, whatever work is required in looking after sick people. And they come, and not only do they come as with the organized pilgrimages as yeah. we as the Oblate pilgrimage go. And, and pilgrimages are from many dioceses and so forth. But they also, volunteers can come as individuals to, to offer their services in the Sanctuary of Lourdes. And all these people, whether they come by, on a pilgrimage or whether they come as individuals, are actually also, and I say this is why we see part of the message of Lourdes, is in actually what's, what we see happening there. And there, the wonderful thing is that we see people come and pay to work. They pay to get to Lourdes. They pay for their food and for their accommodation while there. And often they work from 5 o'clock in the morning till 10 o'clock at night. Whereas normally what happens is you get paid for your work. So again, we see people living the gospel, turning the values of the world upside down. Mm. And, and it is wonderful to see, of course, nothing is ever perfect, but to see the wonderful spirit with which these volunteers come and work for a week or sometimes two weeks. Uh, they, they work w uh, among themselves and they work helping, helping the poor. And there is just a wonderful spirit among the people there. That's, that's really amazing. And um, there are like something extraordinary is happening there, isn't it? Especially, uh, well, when we are talking about the church. And you uh, emphasized that before that, uh, even though Our Lady asked, to build the church, to build up the church there. What is what is uh, amazing is that the grotto itself, that particular poor place outside, uh, outdoors, uh, gathers uh, a lot of people there. And the simplicity uh, of that place, uh, that uh, brings this comfort, healing, um, uplifted spirits, uh, the help of others, that what makes makes people uh, experience a different kind of faith, right? Ah, uh, yes, and you know, 
one has to actually go there and experience it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's very difficult really to talk about it, but what it definitely shows is that the grace of God is working there. Speaking about the grace of God, like the truth is people are traveling from all around the world to, ha to receive that's God's willing, the, the grace of healing. Can you say something about the healing in Lourdes? Or uh, maybe there is just one kind of healing, this physical one, or maybe there is something else hidden? Ah, uh, yes, no, Lourdes is a place of healing and so much depends on what type of healing the, the individual needs. And of, of course, it's always under God's will and, and, and what God knows is best for, for that person at a particular time. But there have been countless people who believe and know within themselves that they have been physically healed of diseases and ailments uh, in Lourdes. And um, uh, 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 there are more than 7070 miracles that, that have been investigated that, sh that cannot be medically explained of people who have been healed there. Um, and uh, during the time of the apparitions, it, it, it started. And it was uh, where a lady by the name of Catherine Latterpy came uh, to the grotto after the spring had been uh, uncovered. And she, she had uh, a withered arm. And she was also um, heavily pregnant. And she, she came to the grotto, she put her arm into the waters, as I said, this was still early on during the time of the apparitions, and, and she drew, when she drew her arm out of the water, she was healed. And on the way home, um, her water broke, and she, she gave birth to a son whom she called John the Baptist and who became a priest. Oh, that's an amazing story. Isn't it? Isn't yes, it? so that was the first miracle uh, that, that happened. And that was, as I say, during the, times, uh, during the time of the apparitions. And since then, countless people have been healed. I mean, healed physically. And, or if they had not healed physically, they come to a, a deep ex experience that I cannot explain except for the grace of God. Mm. A deep acceptance of the cross and the suffering that they have to carry. And it's absolutely outstanding to, to witness that, you know. And, and then, of course, there's, there's the other healing. Do you know, people will also come from various parts of the world simply to come to confession in Lourdes. I can remember once being uh, somebody saying to me that they came all the way from Singapore simply to come to confession. More than once, people from the United States have come and they've traveled all the way to come to confession in Lourdes. And the reason behind that is because our Blessed Mother led 
Saint Bernadette to the Lord in the Eucharist uh, uh, during the time of the apparitions. To the sacraments. To the sacraments, yes. And you see, that's also got to do with the church. So it means like Our Lady herself gives a, a, a confirmation that uh, the church established by Jesus is the way really to get closer to God and to get closer to others and to receive uh, not only a healing if we if we require some but also this is the path which Our Lady shows us uh, uh, to go through to get to heaven. Yes, uh, that's very well put. Honestly, that, that, and that is certainly what it is. And people will experience the the joy and the presence of the Lord in the sacraments in Lourdes in ways that they will not during their their day to day lives in, in their in their parishes. And I think that that is given particularly as an encouragement to people. You know, to to point out the the help that the sacraments are to us. All right. Uh, if we could summarize everything what Our Lady said uh, and Lord, what could be that from her own words? Uh. Something the most important, something to keep in mind and heart, something uh, to look through like a lens uh, at Mary. What would be that? You know, it's difficult to, to know because there are two basic and I find it difficult to choose between the two. The, the first is what I think I have mentioned already where she said uh, tell the priest to build a church here and to bring people here in procession okay, and, and uh, we, we've, we've said something about that. But the other one is where she said to Bernadette I do not promise to make you happy in this world but in the other. And uh, it's interesting that in English we speak about the other, not the next. Because Bernadette certainly experienced happiness in this world, although she suffered enormously. Mm -hmm. But it was as she lived the message of the kingdom of God and as she believed in the, in the gospel of the kingdom of God in her life, there too she found happiness. And so I would say that too is a very important part of, of the message of Lourdes. I do not promise to make you happy in this world, but in the other. There is one more thing we can say today, what we together can promise uh, to all of our listeners, uh, subscribers, friends, that uh, tomorrow, beginning uh, the next one, Novena, before and the feast day of Our Lady of Lourdes, that we will do our best to get through these days of Novena together uh, to prepare well for this uh, special day of Our Lady. Our Lady is uh, the mother and the patroness of our congregation as well. It's the day very important for not only the Oblates, but also to everybody who is uh, a member of this big uh, worldwide family uh, of oblates, friends, uh, families, parishioners, and whoever whoever feels the same uh, attitude. Today, this special month, particularly to Our Lady, you are most welcomed and invited to take part uh, together with uh, Father Paul, with myself, with many other people who will help us uh, to get together through these next 
uh, 11 days or 10 days. So, um, Father Paul, that was lovely uh, to welcome you uh, in our uh, <laughs> studio, let's say. Uh. <laughs> it's a COVID time, so the and distancing uh, is, is uh, the first and primary task uh, oh, to be safe. Yes. But uh, if you could say something to, to, to whoever is watching and listening to us, it will be uh, also uh, very well received. Oh, yes. Now, and what I would say is that, you know, it's not so easy, particularly now, to travel to Lourdes. But if ever you do get yeah. a chance, you know, take the opportunity. You, one has to be there to experience it. Uh, it's very difficult to talk about. But, of course, circumstances are such that people cannot always travel there, even if they would like to. But Our Lady of Lourdes will come to us wherever we are. And the basic message, although it's not in words, is that as she reached out to a poor girl, Bernadette, she reaches out to each and every one of us in our poverty, in our need. So to be able to pray to her in our need and asking her to help us in our need uh, will, will never uh, disappoint us. She will answer. I, I really believe that. Thank you so much. Thank you, Father Dominic. Very Thank you for much. This encouragement. And we will uh, will invite you many more times in the future uh, to do some good stuff together. So uh, all the best for each one of you, uh, and uh, all the best for us when we are preparing for Our Lady of the Lords uh, of Lords. And also, um, please God that we will see and listen to and hear each other very soon indeed. God bless and. All the best. Bye. God bless. Thank you. Bye. Hi, it's Father Dominic here. Thank you for listening to the Social Oblates. If you enjoyed our conversation, subscribe to our channel, which you can find on YouTube and Spotify. See you on the 17th. And praise be Jesus Christ and Mary Immaculate.